0: Chris Confessori, conductor with the Alabama Symphony Orchestra, you have this even Spielberg, John Williams concert coming up. It just sounds really exciting, I'm sure, to film fans, but people in general who all know this music and these films. I'd like to just start with your own personal level of interest in the work of John Williams, and what does his work mean to you personally?
1: Yeah, well, it means a great deal to me. Personally, you know, anyone I think that's about my age, who grew up listening to his music at the movies. I mean, for me personally, the first time I was aware of listening to what I would, the music I was hearing was played by an orchestra, was when I saw that very first Star Wars movie back in the summer of 1977. And I didn't race have my mom race out and buy me the little action figures. I wanted the, the record or the eight-track tape of the of the music, you know, so that I could listen to it. And then, you know, that fall is when I started playing an instrument in school band. And, you know, I had band directors growing up who were very attuned to the fact that, that this man's music was appealing to the kid. And so to get to, you know, to play even a simplified arrangement of the Star Wars theme or the Superman march or, you know, something like that. Is a thrill for for a young musician, and you know all all through my uh, career. Then, as a young conductor, and and as I've continued, you know, his music has been a big part of my programming. Not just on pops concerts, but I've conducted you know serious what we call subscription concerts, classical concerts that have included both film music by John Williams as well as uh, original concert works that he has composed.
0: So what do you gather is the general perception that maybe classical musicians have of John Williams? What do you think he truly means to the art form today? Well, I think,
1: you know, he's certainly probably, I mean, he's got to be the most often performed. His music, you know, is is performed more than any other living composer. And, you know, at this point, even, you know, the largest, most prominent orchestras in the country are are performing You know, his music, and, I mean, it's all very well written for the orchestra. You know, there's just a brilliance in any of these pieces, the way they're scored, the way they're orchestrated for the instruments of the orchestra. And, you know, they elicit such an incredible response from the audience when they perform. You know, I I mean, as as a performer on stage, you know, how can you not love an audience going crazy uh, for what you've just performed?
0: Yeah, and I I figure this this is as audience-friendly as it gets. Timeless music from so many of these recognizable films, it just seems like a pretty ideal way to connect with people, musician to audience, conductor to audience. Does that usually happen at shows like these in your experience?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm someone who, even when we do concerts for young people, you know, like educational concerts, field trip concerts, family concerts, I always – try to include mostly John Williams, you know, a selection by John Williams or another film composer, because, you know, for for kids, many times when you're performing a field trip concert, for most of them, that's the first time they're hearing a symphony live in concert. But playing film music and letting them realize, oh my gosh, you know, that Harry Potter theme that they just played. Yeah. That is exactly what I hear in the movie or, you know, run off the list of Jurassic Park or or whatever. And that instantly makes a very strong connection with them. And I've seen it with adults, too. You know, a father brings his kids to a family concert and just thinking, you know, this will be a good thing for us to do. And then he'll come up to me afterward and say, I just had no idea that you all could play the same music that is, is featured in all these movies. And as you say, they... So many of these scores have such an iconic sound. And, I mean, if you grew up going to the movies over the last, you know, 35 years, it's kind of the soundtrack of your
0: life. Powerful stuff. Definitely. And I wonder what kind of difference in, in mood and complexion or performance do you see from the orchestra when it plays selection from films like this?
1: Well, the challenge, as you put together a whole program, of this kind of music is to try to make some balance to the overall program, both for the audience, you know, so that there is, is variety in what you're listening to, both for the audience as well as for the orchestra. So much of this music is so brilliant and spectacular, but you want to have, you know, kind of ebb and flow to the performance. You want to balance, you know, and have some selections that maybe are a little more subdued, or, or so forth, so that it's not just the same. I think it would lose its effect if you just played fast, loud, exciting, you know, brilliant-sounding stuff one after another. So, so that's the challenge in, in putting these programs together. Uh, and I think we have 10 different titles on this concert coming up on Saturday. And so we've tried to balance, you know, what I just said, some of the big, spectacular rah-rah kind of stuff, along with things that have a little more, you know, calmer emotion to them, and also, you know, try to show kind of a broader sense of of the career of both Spielberg and Williams, not just their biggest hits like Indiana Jones and E.T. and Jaws, but also, you know, a couple things from films that aren't, you know, right at the very, very top of the, you know, their, their most popular list. Uh, I mean, they're still well-known films, but things like Catch Me If You Can and the Peter Pan film Hook are, are different in mood than some of the other things uh, I've been talking about, especially the Catch Me If You Can music, you know, is so jazz-inspired. I remember when I first saw that movie, I didn't know John Williams wrote the music to it, going, you know, going into the movie, and it starts, and it's all very jazz jazzy, uh, really cool, very engaging. And then the title comes on, Music by John Williams. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. But then that was his career early on. Before he started film scoring, you know, in, in Hollywood, he had a career as a jazz pianist. And so he was able to, you know, look back to that earlier part of his life and draw on that as he wrote that score. So I'm excited to include something like that you know, to let the audience hear that variety in his work or the orchestra to play it. It'll be fun.
0: Yeah, the Catch Me If You Can opening credit sequence, that animated sequence with the jazz music is definitely one of the more memorable things I think people yeah. take away from that movie. And, and like you said, it just that's so out of character, seemingly, for John Williams, right. unless you know that piece of history about him. So that, that's really interesting. And, and I'd love to talk about your personal interest in Spielberg films. You, you mentioned before that, you went and saw Star Wars as a young man and it was important to you. So even though he didn't direct that and so this music won't be featured in this particular concert, I I gather that you probably saw your, your share of Spielberg movies growing up and now throughout the years too. So what Spielberg films over the years have been really important to you as a moviegoer?
1: Well, I think, you know, what was so cool about that summer that Star Wars came out is that's when Close Encounters came out also. And, To find out that this same, I mean, this is more about the music, what I'm about to say, you know, is the same composer wrote Star Wars and Close Encounters. I couldn't believe it because the music couldn't be more different. The music for Close Encounters is very, you know, avant-garde and almost experimental sounding, whereas the Star Wars music is so heroic and is such a throwback to classic like 1930s and 40s Hollywood style. So, you know, the difference there was, I mean, I remember seeing Jaws, but I think the for me, the favorite Spielberg films were the Indiana Jones films and then especially E.T. The E.T. story really resonated with me when I first saw it, and it's a movie that I uh, have always gone back to, and I think... Uh, you know, counted as one of my favorite movies, and probably as much as I love the Star Wars music, I think the E. T. music is is my favorite of all the John Williams scores too.
0: I'm a Steven Spielberg guy for sure, and but something that was always on my shelf of shame, as I put it, was E. T. It's a movie that I, I just never got around to. I wasn't born in time to see it in theaters. But I, I saw it recently. They put it back in theaters. My first time to ever see E.T. was actually on the big screen. And it was a really special oh, yeah. moment. Really, in particular, obviously, the, the final moments just knock you for a loop. But that closing okay. credits music, that piano number that John Williams composed, just is mm-hmm. a doozy, really. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it's just a beautiful piece. So I can definitely identify with that. But I'm curious about the meaning of the music to you. Like, aside from or including the films that obviously going to be featuring in this concert. What music in Spielberg's film throughout his entire filmography has really made an impression on you?
1: Well, I think that E.T. music would have to be at the top of the list. You know, it's so touching, and for me it's that sequence that we're going to perform on the concert. It's actually the closer for our concert, the saying goodbye or farewell Mm -hmm. music. And you know, there's a beautiful story you know, when you're Composing for film, you know, you get the edited copy of the film and it has the timestamp running at the bottom and all of that. And it's the composer's job to write music that exactly lines up with the timestamp on the bottom. And then when they record, you know, everybody has headphones on and the, and the conductor is looking at the film screen and following the timestamp because it's all got a, you know, cymbal crash has to come when the bicycle goes up in the air or, or whatever, you know, the visual and audio cue is. And the way this story goes is that they were having trouble, you know, syncing that music or getting it to sound exactly the way they wanted with the visual. And finally, Spielberg, you know, was there that day for the recording, and he said to John Williams, why don't you turn the projector off and just play the music as you feel it and see how it sounds? And he was so moved by that performance that he said, I'll cut the final scene to that audio. And that never happened. So that's the level of respect that Spielberg has for John Williams, that he would do that. And to me, that's one of the reasons that scene is so effective. You know, that whole saying goodbye and and what that means for this little boy and and so forth is so tough. But then the way that music is built into it is just unbelievably emotional.
0: Well, how do you go about making the selections? I mean, there are obvious themes that immediately register with people, but do you make it a point to feature, for lack of a better term, the John Williams' deep cuts in a performance like this?
1: Yeah, that's what I wanted to do, to include a couple of those. We're even doing it with one of his best-known scores. I mean, you know, it's hard to to think of a better-known film score than Jaws, right? But what everybody thinks about is basically the two-note theme that the cellos and basses play, right? And... You know, that's as effective as just about any film music ever written, but there were lots of effective sequences throughout that score. And so in addition to playing the Jaws main theme, we were able to get an additional uh, couple of sequences. One is called Out to Sea, and the other is called The Shark Cage Fugue. And so musically, you know, these are totally different sequences that don't include the shark theme per se, but instantly set the mood and, and they're the type of things that as soon as people hear them, they'll recognize them and remember them from the film even if you know if it's been ten years since you saw the movie. So those are what I would consider, you know, deep cuts from from even a very well known score. And since we just acquired this music, it'll be the first time the ASO has ever performed these particular selections and the first as much john williams music as i've conducted over the years will be the first time i've conducted those sequences so that'll be fun and and at the top of the second half of the concert you know there were so many spielberg films that dealt with world war ii in one way or the other and so we included music from three of those films we didn't include sindler's list this time because two or three years ago We did another, it was all Williams, not just William Spielberg, but just kind of a survey of John Williams music. And we had included the Schindler's List music on that program, but we're opening the second half with the March from 1941, which is definitely a deep cut, you know, (laughs) you know,
0: but it's a cool
1: March and it, and it perfectly, if you know the movie, I mean, it's perfect for the mood, you know, it's comedy and, and, and all of that and, and, and if you don't know it at all, I mean it's just a great march. It's just brilliant orchestration and and really catchy melody. So we'll play that and then we have members of the Alabama Symphony Chorus that'll join us for two other numbers. The really poignant music from Saving Private Ryan, the hymn to the fallen, where that's a chorus that just, you know, there's no text. They just hum. And it's really, really gorgeous. And, and that'll be the most extended, I guess, sort of slow or, or uh, sort of more calm mood music in the whole concert. And then we'll close up with the track from Empire of the Sun, you know, which is another, if you've seen it, it's a great movie, you know, Batman as a, as a young kid, uh, Christian Bale, you know, but, you know, lots of people don't know that movie. So, this includes the chorus as well, and it's the sequence at the end when the prisoner, you know, the camp was liberated. So, it's very uplifting music, and it'll, you know, it'll it'll contrast nicely with the Saving Private Ryan music.
0: Yeah, it's hard to really fathom that a Steven Spielberg movie could be underrated, but Empire of the Sun probably falls into that category yeah,
1: at this point. Yeah.
0: It's really great. Well, and yeah. There was,
1: you know, it was just his evolution. I mean, you don't need me to tell you this, right? But, I mean, just as he evolved, you know, it took a while for people to take him seriously, and that's too bad. But, yeah, there were a lot of films that didn't receive the attention or the respect or whatever that they should have when they when they came out. But, you know, that's certainly one. And, and I've always, I mean, I remember seeing 1941 when it came out, and it was, the draw for me was just the cast. You know, that was, any back at that time, anything with, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, I mean, of course, my buddies and I were there, you know. <laughs> and, and it's a fun movie. And hopefully it'll be, I guess it got released on Blu-ray, you know, like as part of a, a box set. I don't think it's been released on its own. But it's, a, you know, it's out on DVD. People can see it. But yeah, it's to me, it's incredible that, I mean, virtually every film Spielberg made, you know, The Color Purple, I think, is the only prominent film that Williams didn't write the music to.
0: Yeah, and no matter what you feel about Steven Spielberg's, I guess, lesser appreciated movies, and, and, you know, justly in some cases, I mean, I still love a movie like Hook that was denigrated by critics, and I know that 1941 certainly has its loyal followers out there, but, Mm -hmm. I mean, no matter how you feel about these movies, and and Steven Spielberg has an unparalleled batting average, so that's not really a concern – John Williams has just always been the constant in this filmography. If Steven Spielberg doesn't bring his A game, so to speak, John Williams just seems like he has never failed to do that.
1: No, I agree. Yeah, sure. we're we're doing a sequence from Hook on this concert also, Flight to Neverland I think it's called. And yeah, I mean it's just it's so exciting and I don't know it's it's fascinating to me with with the fantasy scores that he writes that they're very different, but you can always tell it's him right away. You know, there's just that signature sound. And that's, you know, that's a trait of any any great composer, not just a great film composer. I mean, Tchaikovsky, Rachmaninoff, you know, there is a signature sound that that is like musical DNA or something. I don't know how to describe it. You, you can put it on, and if you're familiar with their style, even if it's not a work of Rachmaninoff that you know, pretty soon you can probably recognize, oh, I bet that's you know, and it almost always is. And that's the case with John Williams. So much variety, but just has that distinct sound.
0: And given Spielberg's history with blockbuster summer projects, this just really seems like a perfect season for this concert, wouldn't you say? Definitely, definitely.
1: Yeah, you know, sends us into, you know, it's the time of year, like you say, when people were... uh, are ready for this kind of entertainment on the big screen. And, you know, it's a weekend where the kids are, you know, it's a couple weeks before school's out. Everybody's still in town. We wouldn't want to do this, you know, closer to Memorial Day when folks would be away and would miss it. So I'm excited about the timing. Oh, and we have music from uh, Jurassic Park on this program also, and that's as much a nod to, uh, you know, Jurassic World coming out this summer. (laughs) as much as anything else I'm excited about that too
0: well the music of John Williams from the movies of Steven Spielberg concert happening Saturday May 2nd at 8 p.m. at Sanford University's Wright Center Christopher Confessori thank you so much for the time thank you